Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Napton Edit, podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Mr. Fernandes and... Uga Bonk, Daba Duba, Uga Muga. Hi, I'm Krista Iwardna. Hello. Wonga Wonga. <laughs> uh, this, we're about to review... <laughs> We're about to review uh, Studio City, which is a third episode to the sixth season of Laverne Shirley. Uh, directed by John Tracy, written by Richard Rosenstock. And Chris probably has some facts about them, I think. Perhaps. I do, yes. Uh, Rosenstock, I've got some good notes. And I finally got some more notes for uh, Mr. Tracy. And here is what the episode is about. The girls go from day passes to a studio tour, courtesy of Sonny, who's doing stunts for a film. They're hoping to stalk down Troy Donahue. And by pure happenstance, women are being auditioned to play cavewoman for a picture with these starring while they're visiting Sunny there. The girls found themselves selected to play two cavewomen, the love objects of Zontar, king of the pterodactyls, sent to be saved by a caveman played by Troy himself. They even have the opportunity to do some very thrilling stunts. But as the day wears on and their experience gets more and more embarrassing and painful, they might be going through the whole process for naught. Will they be able to stand up to the heat of the spotlight? Meanwhile, Rhonda rehearses for her A Streetcar Named Desire audition, and the boys announce a new venture, Skrugnowski Talent Agency of Burbank, or STAB, which already has its first client, flamingo dancer Mel Sid. What do you think of this episode? Well, this Zwick character is really not going anywhere as a first AC, I can tell you that for free, given that his slate work <laughs> was absolutely below average. Uh, that being said, he was a nice character. He was good. He treated the talent with a bit of with a decent amount of respect. But yeah, no. So when it comes to this episode, this was very much like a. I think you meant you you uh, mentioned it earlier. Um, uh, you ought to be in pictures, you know. And it, there's there's echoes of that here. But whereas you ought to be in pictures was very much about the the guys, you know, kind of the the uh, director behind the camera talent sort of getting one over the girls. Here it's. Yeah. It's a kid who's just trying to make a little cheap little dinosaur flick and getting screwed and getting screwed by the fact that he he and the crew don't know what they're doing. And that I thought was much funnier and much cuter about the idea that they come to Hollywood and it's not the girls get thrown into this situation, but it's not necessarily their fault that everything's going wrong. So that's that was, I think, one of my big immediate takeaways from the start. It was very cute. I really noticed that this was the first episode of the season that you really, really enjoyed. You really had fun with this one? Well, it's about filmmaking. Well, yeah. That too, but also uh, you seem to really like enjoy the premise and be invested in the girls' predicaments. Yeah, I yeah, it yeah. I guess it felt like it was getting back back on track a little yeah. bit and it didn't yeah. have the baggage of we're having to readjust everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. For me this is um uh, a round uh probably round up a mid-leveler for me. It's good. It's got some really funny points. We get to see the establishment of Skrugowski Talent Agency of Burbank, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stunt work is a lot of fun. It's really cute. Troy Donahue is in no way the age they insist he is. Uh, no, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to him in a bit. But I, I love that his uh, he's kind of like um, he sort of puts on this, this sort of the big guy on campus shtick, which is clearly yeah. him acting. Because it's it's yeah. almost like the way actors play actors in movies, like they're kind of caricatures based on people they know, and it feels like yeah. this is him doing a caricature of people he worked with. Yes, he looks like a middle aged dude. Is the problem? That's the He's one catch. In his twenties. Yep, he looks like a middle aged dude. 
Fabian looks more like he was supposed to in the 50s than even though he has a very 70s outfit and very 70s haircut going on way back in season three than what we get here. And it's like, uh, he's just, he does not look like, you know, he, he does not come out ringing a bell and looking like he should, so to speak. And I think, you know, quote a famous song. <laughs> the, the thing with, with Troy is, is that, yeah, I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead because we'll we'll talk about him with the uh, the guest star uh, stuff because there's stuff for him and there's stuff yes, for uh, yes, the guy who plays uh, Director Zwick, which Zwick, the reference to Joel Zwick was adorable. I also think they mentioned a Lowell was uh, the uh, uh, Lowell was the one uh, operating the uh, Zontar's uh, claws, which then uh, means it's a uh, Lowell. Yes. It's referencing Lowell Gans, which I think is very cute as well. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yes, 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 yes. But yeah, um, I think because of the fact it's it it definitely the character the characterizations are just finally starting to kind of rebalance themselves a bit was where I started to sort of feel. I think it was you know we were talking about this the last episode. The last episode not having a plot, um, you know, was something that kind of yeah. ha- kind of hindered the episode. And here it's like the balance of plot and character is finally coming more in into 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 shine. Yes. Shirley has some wonderful aspects of her personality that get to come out here because I love how Shirley just takes this so seriously. And I, I love when she's competent. Like, I love how she's correcting him about the takes, the name of the movie, where it's like clearly like this guy got this job for nepotism. But she is like, no, we're going to do the job. We're going to do this right. Because if I don't, I don't get to see I don't get to see Troy Donahue. So she's very driven. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. She will do anything, absolutely anything to uh, make it. Mm hmm. And it's it comes off also as like echoes of Cindy as well, which I'm just imagining her on things like the killing kind and gas and wondering, oh, how often did that come up for her? Shirley is a little less done with the nonsense, which makes sense because she's the true believer in all these celebrity related episodes. Mm. Uh, Laverne gets to be the true believer eventually in a season seven episode that is not the show's best outing, unfortunately. But yeah, mm. but uh, it's very typical of her to try to keep on the stuff. You know, she's gonna get that autograph come hell or high water. She's gonna give us that man to pay attention to her come hell or high water. Mm-hmm. So this is the first episode of the show's new opening credits. Yeah, that's a lot to get into. I'm I'm uh, I'm almost a little uh, uh, kind of overwhelmed at how many new inserts we have to discuss. We have B-roll, oh, yeah. uh, we have stock footage oh, yeah. of the, uh, yeah. the, the, um, uh, the waves. We've got, you know, the Hollywood Boulevard, the Hollywood sign. We've got, uh, yeah. the boys perving on Rhonda, but we also have the cutest, yeah. the girls on roller skates. That is so cute. Yes. yes it's great. We will, you'll notice that over the next few episodes, the insert shots change a lot. Uh, there's at least one shot of um, Rhonda kissing the girls goodbye that disappears. Them laughing with the Cowboy Bills uh, thing disappears. You guys are placing different insert, insert shots. There was a lot of on-the-fly movement going on here. Hmm. Where scenes are get, uh, in the opening credits get replaced and moved and uh, changed around. I think everything gets locked by about episode five. And then those are the same opening credits you get uh, for season six and season seven. And then obviously midstream in season eight, we have to make a big change. Yeah. I wonder why. Hmm. 
Yeah, we'll get there. You know a little bit, but we'll get there. <laughs> yes, I do. Well, you know, so we get a lot of little... Uh, my favorite CS uh, shot is actually not in the opening credits. It's in the end credits, where for some reason, uh, you have the front staircase of Lord Visa, which, by the way, was a real apartment building. It is a real still... Mm -hmm. A real apartment building that actually is in California, which you can go visit the exterior of. Mm -hmm. Yep, still there. I if mean, we've, we've, we yep, have looked it up there. on the, the Google Maps. Yes, we have. Uh, but it's a shot of uh, Squiggy and Shirley and uh, Sonny and Laverne and Lenny all sitting on the front steps of the Laurel Vista building, and it's nice. Mm. And everybody is, for some reason, looking at Lenny, like he said the most ridiculous thing in the world, and Lenny is looking off camera with a mischievous grin on his face, which makes me wonder if that was just Michael being Michael. And everybody looking at him like, why are you saying this? And just enjoying it. And looking at the director like, did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That is cute. I don't know what, what was happening in that shot, but I love it. Um, I love as that well, uh, we also need to point out this intro is what gives us the um, New Year's Eve shot. Uh, yes, indeed. New Year's Eve, 1965. So yeah, We are firmly in 1965 at this point. I have no idea what the month is. I have no idea where in the year we are, but we're somewhere in 1965. Yeah. And as, as we have discussed in the last couple episodes, I, I no longer care. You can, you can. Yes, I know. But I care a little, even though we have people sitting in the in the uh, crowd wearing disco collars. Ugh, God. <laughs> Why? Why? Well, not to mention Dude, also, uh, stunt women uh, on the set yes. is an interesting thing. So, yes. I recommend anybody. I, I brought this up a bunch on the In the Army Now um, uh, two parter in season five. To definitely look up the history of stunt women in Hollywood because yes. it's a very it's a storied history and it's a complicated yeah. it's kind of complicated because sometimes also what it is is a case of women that still did do the stunts at times but were not credited and sometimes not even paid is uh kind wow. of some of the one of the myths that I've I have heard. And I don't know to what extent some wow. of this can be proven, but um, you know, there were women that wanted to do this as a living, they enjoyed it, and they were not really allowed to. So in 1965. That was kind of rare. And I think so it's I, I think what's kind of cool about it is they're doing it anyway, because even if it's yeah. inaccurate, it is still a it's going to move this particular plot forward and give them wonderful, uh, you know, physical comedy hijinks to go through. But it also gives them a sense that it also gives the world a sense of like women are moving forward because that's you know part of the whole story yeah. is women doing you know, it's a very much about women empowerment, feminism and all that kind of stuff is one of the core um ethos of the shows of the show um part of its i guess its mission statement and it, it felt like it was moving in that direction so that was cool but just just a one of yeah. those things to be aware of when we talk about anachronism anachronisms is uh yeah there's a couple things like that and i mean as i said i mean this is not a realistic film experience as well i mean the way that they're getting the coverage and they're just doing one take he's slating it wrong he doesn't call out the it doesn't call it out correctly <laughs> Because what you do is you call this the if you need to call the movie name, which you often do if it's you know if it's you know sound sync, you're not doing a hundred percent ADR on this work. Um, I don't see a boom mic in sight, so there's probably no there's probably no audio. It's probably MOS. Which by the way, if it's MOS, you don't collapse the slate because there's no reason to. What you do is you put your fingers in between yeah. as a gap so that the first frame of the film when it rolls and you see that the editor knows okay, there's no sound for me to look for and uh, sync to. Um, 
Yeah. So anyway, so my point being, there's tons of things like that, but it's uh, but like that's a weird reason why I also love this episode is that there are those things that I can point out even if it, yeah. they they frustrate me. It's like, yeah, well, that's wrong, you oh, know. Man. Yeah. Also, like it's for me, it's fun because the director is trying. In this case, he's trying so hard to please his dad. Yeah. Oh, totally. And he's I, trying so hard to please his dad. Mm-hmm. I wish this character showed up again. I really do. I like the idea of like them. Anytime they're on a movie set, he's there, but he like keeps, he starts as the director and keeps getting lower and lower jobs until he's just like a, he's, he's working the craft table at like some other set they're on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I can picture that. I can actually picture that. Oh, oh man. <laughs> for, all, for all the work he's doing to try to make this picture move. He's also hiring completely inexperienced people to know a diver. Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, and yeah. and I mean, and Troy's double. I mean, come yeah. on. There's no angle you're filming that guy from that he's gonna look the We're same. Look like him. I mean, yeah. that's like that's like trying to get uh, what's his name, Richard Deason. You know, the uh, yeah, Eddie get, Deason. Eddie Deason. Thank you. It's like trying to get Eddie Deason to double for Sammo Hung. Like, what the hell are you yeah. doing? <laughs> you know? Different people entirely. Oh my god, yeah. Oh man. Oh man. It looks terrible. It would look terrible from any angle. It's, it just shows his inexperience, I guess. But it's, yeah, that's fun. I mean, that's fun. Um, yeah. And like I said, that that's part of what helps to sell the idea of him being this incompetent director, which then means the whole production's incompetent. I mean, if it's so cheap, the it, director has to do the slate and they don't have a dedicated first assistant camera to yeah. do that. Yeah, or a director's yeah. p or a, yeah. an assistant director doing it. It's a cheap ass production. It's a piece of crap. This is. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, but that's the, that's that's the truth though. It's like in <laughs> if you're doing professional level grade on a soundstage, then you hire enough people. But uh, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I get you. I get you. Um, but yeah, uh, this overall though, I mean, it's it's super cute. I uh, I mentioned before um, the. Uh, you know, the, the, that also just like the energy has been really like out the gate has been so much more energetic. And even outside of the studio scenes, you see that in like the whole, uh, the nerdy look, the, the nerdy librarian look for Laverne. You see that with uh, their interactions with Rhonda. Um, it's a, it's fierce. And I, I really like it. Yeah. Now, I don't yeah, love it. I don't love, love, yeah, love it. I know you don't. But, but I don't love it, but. Yeah. I guess, I guess what I mean is, because you, you were saying, you know, uh, you would put this as almost like a mid-tier episode, and I kind of yeah. feel the same. Like, th- I don't think this is going to yeah. be in my top five or anything, but it's a, uh, it has a, it has a charm that I, lo- that I enjoy, that I felt was missing in the first two episodes of yeah. the season. Yeah. This episode is fun. Yeah, the, the, the episode is fun, and the show has fun with it, mm-hmm. and that's fresh uh, for the season because it feels a lot less like we need to establish this, we need to establish everything. They only establish one new thing here, mm-hmm. and that's uh, Squignowski. 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 I can pronounce it correctly. I loved it. I love it. That name. Yeah. I can Squ- pronounce it correctly. Yeah. Squignowski Talent Agency Burbank. Stab. Stab. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, goodness. Uh, so notice Laverne's finally made to Frederick to Hollywood. She did, and she pu- purchased something very smutty, apparently. Yep, very smutty that we don't get to see. Oh, uh, we do get to see things in a couple episodes, though. So, oh, so it's only a fantasy sequence. Oh, okay. Um. Yes. 
eye emoji. Yeah, um, emoji. Um, it starts out with a war and ends up with peace. That's a great line. That line, yeah, it's a great line. And I love they not they they end up uh, knocking into each other at the knees, yeah. which is an interesting euphemism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Naughty, 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 naughty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girls have learned from their last experience. They have mm-hmm. they're bringing smelling salts at themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, enter Rhonda, who thinks Laverne would make a much better Stanley. Which <laughs> is so mean. Well, uh, what it is is she first wants Shirley to be Stanley to read to bounce yes. lines off of, and then when uh, Laverne, you know, bur- gives her that burn, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, she stops being with Stella. <laughs> I made I I have something ter- terribly important. Oh, you discovered the original color of your hair. <laughs> oh, vey. And this uh, guy, they just they just spend a lot of time insulting each other for the majority of season six until things shift up a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of curious when that's going to happen because yeah, as of now, Rhonda's practically like a less physically violent version of Rosa Greenbaum at this point. Yep. Yeah, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, she is, she adds an antagonism to the show us that Rosie left. Right. Which is kind of a, it's it's cool. It's cool to see. I do wish it wasn't at you know this new character's expense so far. And I also yep. just it it also just make me makes me miss Rosie because Rosie, my God, yeah. would have made yeah. season four so much better. Yeah, yeah, she would have made season four better. She would have improved the incredible guilt loveliness of season five, mm-hmm. and uh, she would have even made a move interesting. Mm-hmm. So well, I mean, you know, yeah, you, oh my God. That would be yeah. interesting if, like, when they leave and they have all their goodbyes, that Rosie is the one that ends up missing them the most, and she gives Laverne this yeah. like big sobbing hug, and it's like, yeah. "What do you yeah. mean?" It's yeah. like, "What do you mean?" I thought you hated me, and it's like, Laverne, don't you know anything? Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. We do get to see Rosie this season. Wait, so, what? No, wait, next season. I oh. think we do get to see. We... I actually gonna check on that because I can't remember if it's this season, or next season, but I know we see her. I thought. I thought. Soon. I think it's. Uh... I think it's wasn't it whatever happened season. to Yeah, I think it's next, next season. season it's the whatever happened to Sal it might be this season. No, yeah. What no we got Sal's next season next season too. Oh jeez. I think. Wow. We get, we see Sal and we get to see Rosie and we get to see Terry again. Yay. In season seven. So enter the boys. Yep. They've been doing a lot of thinking. Yeah, they've been doing a lot of thinking. They've created their talent agency. And Lenny is wearing the blandest suit I've ever seen in my life. It's pretty bland. <laughs> yes. Michael looks great in it, but I can't imagine that actually being in Lenny's wardrobe. So it's just like weird to see him dressed up as an agent, so to speak. Yeah. In that respect. I, I feel like if he's going to be dressed like an agent, he's going to be one of those super disheveled ones where like parts of the suit, like he got the suit piecemeal yeah. where like yeah. different parts yeah. don't fit him. Yeah. Yeah. There is once again this sense that suddenly they have money. Right. Everybody has money. Yeah. Uh, money that they never had before. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess they. What did they figure? The recession was in full swing, and Reagan was about to be elected. Oh God, that's right. Reagan was about to be fucking elected at that point. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, no, Reagan was already elected. I think we're in 1981. Oh God. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think so. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look. But that's in real life. That's in real life versus uh, on the show on the show it makes no sense that he owns the suit and uh, but squiggy looks like squiggy no he had already been elected december this episode aired december yep. 2nd 1980 yep 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 i knew I, I had a feeling and i knew that much yeah yeah that's right 
That's right. Uh, Mel Cid. What do we think of Mel Cid? We never get to see Mel Cid again, but what do we think of Mel Cid? Cute, but I would like to have seen more of it rather than it just be a throwaway gag as they leave. It just was like, yeah, and yeah, and what we need to establish the boys of talent agents now. Thus, I, that. yeah, I feel like this yeah. could have waited till a different episode. I think it would have worked better in grand opening. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's yeah. quite possibly. Well, not to mention that also would have explained um, their uh, their attire in that episode, which we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, we will eventually. We will get there soon. Uh, they did a nice clean up job after when worlds collide, I guess. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, we got some really nice angles. Yes. This had a lot of coverage, and I was shocked. Yeah, I want, they must have taken it over to an empty uh, soundstage somewhere else in the lot, because yeah. we get some interesting ad coverage, interesting angles. Uh, interesting, very very unique, and very um, directory shots. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A famous fungus. Yeah, the famous fungus, indeed. It looks like I love that it looks like insulation foam, which is I've used that before to yeah. try to build sets and failed miserably That's at fun. it. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a big hint here. We're starting to get some big hints that uh, Laverne's attraction to Sunny is requited. Yes, uh, that flirtation. That was super cute. It's like you know I got to get yeah. into my costume, and she and she says needs you want some help, and he goes. Uh, what was it that uh, I know I'm old enough to dress myself, Laverne, and he kind of pats her butt, which is yeah. very cute. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was great. The set is great. Um, I also love Sonny swinging into into the set on the rope, and they're like, "Yeah, don't yeah. you ever just walk into a room?" And he goes, "Yeah, I do it all the time, but it's boring. You left, yeah. right? Yeah, left, right, stall." <laughs> and then enter Doug Cox as Director Zwick. Yes, Director Zwick, who is. Uh... Gonna try to uh, get this production on the road, damn it! Even though it's not really working out for him. Oh. Nope. I also find it funny they mention the army episodes when they're talking about being stunt women because basically, you know, he comes in and says, you know, all the women for the stunt players, and like he almost looks their way, like he knows they're just part of a tour and just hanging yeah. out, and they're not there. But he's sort of like, I like their look. I, let's get them in there. Yeah. Yeah. Which feels very much like it, like every other Hollywood discovery story. It kind of works. Exactly. Um, it really does. But I found it funny that for them to mention the Army episodes because that actually had a bunch of real, like, famous stunt women at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. That, that was, that yeah, was we addressed that in those episodes. It's very good. It came out very well. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I find it interesting they're making a dinosaur movie in 1965. And, and admittedly, dinosaur movies at that point were pretty much just cheap trash at this point. I think we're... Yeah. Because yeah. I think we're like what, like three years out from Guanji, I think, and uh, yeah. and then yeah. another few, about another year past that for like the land that time forgot, another version of the Lost World, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, when dinosaurs ruled the Earth, etc., or yeah. uh, one million years yeah. BC, which uh, you know those are those are fun movies. It's just it's again it's the weird anachronism, but it definitely makes me wonder like again like how cheap of a production is this really? Um, Pretty cheap. It's not Ed Wood cheap, but it's a couple. It's not Ed Wood cheap, but it's cheap enough. It's cheap enough, and it doesn't have the training yeah. of someone like Corman to make it entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, exactly. It'd be almost like the creeping terror levels of cheese. Yeah. 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 Not not quite uh, Killer Shrew. Just dress these dogs up in costumes. And the thing is, oh, at least Killer Shrews has a good cinematographer. 
Like it's it's yeah. got really good lighting. It's it's a it's it's oh, not yeah. a it's a cheesy movie, but like that actually inspired parts of yeah. the zombie script that Vanessa and I wrote. So oh, that's nice. That's nice. Um, but that uh, nice. them making the dinosaur movie, they have those wonderful outfits, and uh, my mother just was like completely over the moon. They like, look so cute. They look so adorable. I just thought the hair was oh. hilariously on point for yeah. the that type of movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm in a movie with Troy Donahue and my leading man is a dinosaur. <laughs> Great line. Oh god, Great I line. love that. And I uh, love that they brought up Sorry, go ahead. You go ahead first. Huh? No. I love that they brought up girdle sales at Mecklers. Yes. Bring back Mecklers. Bring back Yay. the Mecklers. We we demand our Meckler quota of being hit in this season that we have enough references to Mecklers. That Mecklers is still a well-known institution. I do not know why I went to a Sam the Eagle voice there, but that is mm-hmm. a thing I did. But yeah, the and then the whole like the direction, the Wonga Wonga, you Wonga yeah. you way, your way, I'll Wonga my way. I, I also love Laverne calling A Zwick, which makes me wonder how often Penny actually did yeah. say that. I can actually hear her saying that in that voice. Uh, I love the the claws, the big giant claws. Oh God! Oh, the that's big so dactyl, fun. the big dactyl feet. Yeah, uh, that that's yeah. a very like deadly claw, you know, or the giant yeah. the giant yeah. claw. Yeah. yeah. Jack Claw, yeah. yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Uh, which uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, that's the one where the monster looks like. Oh, actually, Lisa, honey, how would you describe the giant claw? Oh gosh, a turkey on acid. <laughs> An eyeball on acid. Am I close? Do you think? Yeah, I think a turkey on acid that tried to imagine that was tripping that it was a vulture. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, it basically, it looks like Gonzo. Let's let's be real yes. here. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, anyway, but it's 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 yeah, we get into the actual filming of the movie. And so this is where for me, some of the parts kind of fall apart. The physical comedy, like the takes drag on a little long, I feel like. I don't know if it's. Yeah, it feels like padding a little bit, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, Like, I like the concept of the gags. It just feels like this is a sequence that just takes too long, which I'm wondering if that is going to become tracy's trademark and issue that i have with them as a director of the physical stuff that it it's competent but that the scope is not matched by the detail so yeah 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 but uh oh also before i forget on the slate it mentions a b norton as the cinematographer as the dp uh that probably is a reference to william norton who was the cinematographer for pretty much all of laverne and shirley or most of it anyway yes Yes, 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 yes. I remember his name. That's cool. That's very cool. Um, what a great little nod. And then also the Village um, Virgins. Yes, Overcome. the Village Virgins. We'll tell them they're a little late. Yeah. Well, that, that's more confirmation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's further confirmation that Laverne is no longer a virgin. Uh, and it has not been one, at least since sometime in season five. Even though we spoke to Cindy Beagle on Twitter, she is a mutual of ours. And apparently when she wrote that line, she didn't think of it. That is a confirmation of Laverne's loss of virginity. Hmm. When she put it down, which is interesting. Hmm. Uh, Which makes me wonder about them doubling it down on it here. They're almost doubling down on it uh, in the name, in Shirley's name. Yeah. Oh, totally. Which, Virgin's plural, a little late. Mm Mm-hmm. We get a strong hint that uh, Carmine and Shirley are cruising the smi- side streets of Smut City to quote a later episode in the next uh, episode. Hmm. That they're getting a little bit closer. So I, I, I'm guessing that they have not hit the whole hit home plate, but are at least 
somewhere around third base by now. Yeah, somewhere in the third base. There's uh, let, let's just say they've needed uh nap napkins or a towel. Yeah. <laughs> or showing these grape juice. Anyway, you don't know about that, do you? I. Allegedly, grape juice is the only thing that that uh, kills the taste of semen. Oh wow. Okay. Allegedly. T I L. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, take 37. It's not anyway. even accurate. They clearly did tons of other shots. But yeah, it's an enjoyable bit of Hollywood insanity. You know, yeah. I mean, poor little yeah. Shirley gets yeah. chopped, dropped, and pureed, you know, by a chicken yeah. with a thyroid condition, no less. <laughs> um, uh, I really like the quick cuts here in the montage. I thought they were really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, desperate attempts at um, them trying not to you know, get caught to death by the um, foam rubber rocks. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> yeah that's the, his little waves and everything yeah it, doug yeah. is so good as zwick so we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get to the talent in a second but yeah um i i also do love that it, that when it gets to the last bit the last take that they do together with uh on set um he he's given up and he's just asking surely what take it is <laughs> yeah with, yeah 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 because they just can't nail the shot and they do? They just can't when I'm di- doing directing and cinematography, that actually does happen from time to time. I've yeah. had to like look at an actor or someone else or some crew member. I just looked at the sound guy and it's like, take. It's happened. Um, but yeah, so they finally make it up to the nest and then they end up finding that Sonny is playing Zontar's baby. Yes. Yes. I mean, that outfit, yes. this film would be absolute MST3K fodder. And when we get the Pelgard double, I mean, just good Lord. Oh, man. And I love that they, like, beat, kick him out of the nest. And it's like, that's Pelgar. And then they get all upset. And then they got to do the thing. And he just grabs him and chucks them out of the nest. And, oh, I, I, I love just how Zwick is just done. And when you've had a really bad day of, of a shoot, that's, that's, that's a wrap. It's a work of art. And when he says that's a wrap, that's interesting because that also, oh, I mean, obviously it's hinting at the end where there's the cast party at the yeah. in the tag scene. Um. When you say that's a wrap, that means that is a wrap on the production. You don't say that's a wrap. You say you're yeah. done for the day. The wrap is for production. Yeah. So it's, it, that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is rather a uh, mistake there. That's probably they didn't catch. Uh, that is unless the idea is he is actually wrapping the shoot. This is their last day of shoot. Might be. And uh, Might be. they're trying to get Might in. Be. Maybe the distributor asked for more dinosaur stuff. And so they, they were getting this as a pickup or something. Mm. It happens. Yeah, possible. It's quite possible. Yeah. Quite possible at this point. In any event. Yes. The second they hear the words, get Troy in his loincloth, they're back to Wonga Wonga. Yeah, they, they Wonga Wonga like a pair of horny cave girls, which is yeah. very cute. Yeah. I I understand the Wonga Wonga. I have experienced that feeling. <laughs> I have noticed. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, well, you've seen me well, do you you've you've done it too. You've seen me do it too. Yes, true. True, true, true. So, yeah. But uh yeah, um my mom pointed out by the way how Sonny drags Troy out onto the set for his big reveal and his cameo at the end, which means that Sonny knew that they were upset and made sure to get Troy to come say hi, which is very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought that was real sweet. I thought everything that happened there is nice. And, um, <laughs> oh God, when they think that Troy's stunt man is Troy, 
in all due respect, Mr. Donahue, you bought yourself go. <laughs> Which is uh interesting phrasing for that. We'll we'll get to <laughs> we should probably get to the to the cast stuff yeah. in a second, but uh yeah, yeah. but we're almost we're almost at the end of my notes, so I mean we'll just go back. I actually my line is my reference. My next reference is enter a slightly blowsy 40-ish Troy Donahue. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh, hun. That's uh, honest. True, true. I get it. But yeah, um, but yeah. I mean, that dude had a life. There was a lot of drugs and alcohol in the 70s for that yeah. guy. Um, oh yeah, he went through a lot. Yep. But uh, but yeah, it's a um, but they. <laughs> But you know it's it's really cute though to see him here. He gives him the big kiss. He he's he's totally. Re- I like that he's sort of like I know I have that effect on people. You know it's just kind of what happens. But I think he did really good out there, and I'm looking forward to working with you again someday. And I love the falls when they when he gives them the the, the kiss and lets go, and <laughs> they just flop and yeah. and and like Cheryl's just like laying down on the ground, just like uh. Oh, it's so cute. And then, uh, yeah, and so that ends the the whole thing of them figuring out that they, you know, need to get a picture with him, a picture of him, which uh, then goes to the tag and the scrapbooking, singing, the autograph and all that, and yeah. yada yada. Yeah, yeah, which is really sweet and really adorable. The girls do suffer, but they do get what they wanted. Yep. And uh, they have their autographs and the pictures and their home, glorying in their victory, and then Rhonda comes in, dressed to the nines. Yep, for the cast party for the movie. I received my invitation a week ago and answered. They wanted to answer the little phone. I love the rage being so open at Rhonda at Rhonda that it's it's. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. a relief given how much shit they used to take from all these other characters through the show. Yeah. It's like yeah. seeing them see because Rhonda is being terrible to them when Rhonda's yes. at their level, and is yeah. is acting yeah. like she's she's yeah. hotter than that, and they're like, "No, yeah. uh, don't you do yeah. that." Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I want to know what Rhonda was in that movie. I'm guessing she's just another cave girl extra. Yeah. It's pretty obvious she doesn't have the lead. See, I'm figuring because, uh, she is um, the gal that she has to, that has to get rescued by... Uh, so, okay, here's my thinking. The Zontar thing is Act 1. Rhonda's yeah. the one who gets saved from the T-Rex in either Act 2 or Act 3. And she comes from awesome. the rival tribe that then leads into like a Romeo and Juliet story that then leads to the teenage caveman style reveal at the end that this is all set in the far future. <laughs> Yours world. <laughs> Yours world. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah, then the parties will move to the Brown Derby and uh, yep. I, the girls get dressed and take one to spot, which they should. Um, how satisfying is it that it's surely that's the one that's like, oh, hell yeah, we're going for that. Yeah, it is very satisfying. It's very enjoyable. I love her. Mm-hmm. Love, love her gutsiness, love her bravery. But yeah, Shirley has been fantastic this season so far. And uh, we get yeah. to see even more examples of that in the next episode. And just, I just love her standing up for herself a little bit. Yeah. Given all the, you know, because I, I, Shirley is the one I, you know, Laverne is the one I want to hang out with. Shirley is the one I want to just give a hug because she deserves better. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But uh, anyway, so we have, we have notes for today for uh, behind the camera and in front of the camera. So, my darling, which would you like first? Ah, <laughs> uh, from behind the camera first. Okay. 
So this episode um, was Richard Rosenstock. He was formerly of Murder on the Moose Jaw Express Part 1. He was also responsible for Fonzie's Blindness, the bad, terrible man. Uh, He was already working on the Bad News Bears around this time, so this is his last writer credit for the show, unfortunately. Uh, He'd jump off onto Mork and Mindy, bounce around different shows until creating the one-season wonders The Marshall Chronicles and Flying Blind, and writing for them for quite a bit. Uh, in the 2000s, he uh, would get back to sitcoms with King of Queens, Will and Grace, The Big Bang Theory, and uh, quite a bit of rest development as both a writer and consulting producer. Uh, he also did a stint on Family Guy during the 0708 years. So, way to go, Dick. Hey, not bad. But yeah, so that's a Rosenstock writer credit. And for John Tracy, uh, huzzah, he returns once more. This is the third of five episodes for the season, so there's only two more to go. So shortly after this uh, time on season six of Vernon Shirley, John Tracy would stick around with the Gary Marshall folks with uh, Bosom Buddies, Joni Loves Chachi, I'm so sorry, and even an episode of Who's the Boss? Who oh boy. Oh, oh, Who's the Boss? Not bad. But uh, this dude had an incredibly prolific uh, career in sitcoms, directing, um, often getting many episodes when he'd be on a series. So like he wouldn't often stick around for very long, but he would do like four or five episodes like average. Uh, then head on to the next gig, which is kind of fascinating. Mm, that's neat. That's actually that's really neat. Yeah. So okay. Uh, actor notes. Um, so I've talked about him, but the character a bunch. Doug Cox as Zwick. Uh, so this guy was a comedy writer and player of the seventies, eighties, and nineties. He was uh, a member of the Groundlings, an improv sketch comedy group. Oh, for those that don't wow. know, as both a writer and actor, he would then actually after this go on to work on Pee Wee's Playhouse as a writer. And do apparently a bunch of uncredited writing for Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, on her uh, show. Oh. And uh, he would eventually wow. get like little acting spots on TV through the 90s, from Doogie Howser to Dream On, again, Pirates of Silicon Valley, things like that. Uh, he was most recently on Grace and Frankie, uh, I Think You Should Leave, and Grand Crew. So, oh. still active, still working. Wow. Definitely. That's cool. That's very cool. That's super so, cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rad. Uh, so, Troy Donahue, I'm glad we had a bit of a break. We were supposed to do these episodes recordings a week ago, and I'm glad we actually held off for a bit because uh, this allowed me to do some a little more further research. This dude was meant to be an actor, wanted to be an actor with a capital A. He was, like, born to act. He was always trying to find his way in. And what's kind of sad is, like, he probably was just born a bit too early for the kind of performances he really wanted to do. Because by this time in the late 70s, he was uh, two years before finally going to alcohol- Alcoholics Anonymous to fight against his addictions. He had issues with cocaine and other problems. And I wonder if it's part of his performance himself here is like a mix of parody and honesty about where he's at and a bit of a parody of like what people kind of thought of him at the time. But yeah, so here in this episode, it's less him as the squeaky clean early to early mid 60s, 1960s Troy Donahue and kind of more the the version of him that was in Cockfighter and My Blood Runs Cold, uh, because unfortunately, My Blood Runs Cold was uh, was apparently like was a really intense, like villainous performance that he played a psychopathic uh, killer. It was a w- William Conrad uh, B movie, and he was very happy to do something against type and it didn't do well. And so he ended up. uh kind of getting blacklisted or blackballed during the late sixties and having a lot of issues with uh, Warner brothers and trying to, you know, get, get his contract uh, cut and things like that. So he can move on. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's in, he's in Cockfighter, which is the Monty Hellman uh, character study movie with um, uh, worn outs, which is a, I've only seen parts of it, but man, that movie is a freaking like, that's the citizen Kane of redneck films. 
And him being in it is pretty amazing. And I believe based on the name of the character he plays, Troy Donahue plays himself in Godfather Part Two, I think, based on the timing. Because his real name was Merle Johnson, wow. and Merle Johnson is the name of the character he plays in that. So oh, wow. Um there's a lot of other stuff about his life you can look up. Um, he did tragically pass away on kind of the younger side. I think he lasted a lot longer than some of us expected to. Uh, he was in a ton of B movies in the eighties that, uh, some were good. Some were not so good, but I will give him a lot of credit for being in the action international pictures film, deadly prey, which is, uh, one of my favorite oh. late eighties Rambo exploitation oh, movies. Man, cool. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. But yeah, so, okay, um, that, moves, that moves us into, okay, first of all, what was our hello gag today? Because uh, I can't remember if we covered that. We did cover the hello gag. Our hello gag was, we're just as far away from me in the Isle of Millions of American Housewives. Mm-hmm. A couple, with our fingers held a couple inches apart. So that was the, um, that's the hello gag. Wow. It wasn't particularly memorable, but it's cute. It is cute. Yeah. I think it's just there. The whole stab thing kind of overshadows the hello gag this time around. Yes. 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 Very much so. But yeah. Um, 100%. Any other pros and cons? I feel like we kind of, we ended up sort of going pretty long on the whole discussion of the episode because we got so zonked out and trailing. We got incredibly zonked out. No, I've, I've, I've run out of notes. I've run out of notes. I think I have too. I think, you know, the only other thing to mention is uh, it's a good episode. It was, It's cute. This is like a good... This at least got back to... It's not season five, but it's yeah. a solid like a season yeah. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. So I guess it's ranking time. I think it's ranking time. Um, Solid seven. Yeah, this is... Um... Yeah, this is seven point nine. I'm gonna put it higher. I actually, I think we can go. Yeah, seven point nine. Uh, in that, it's not super essential to me, but it's better. The season premiere is better than Welcome to Burbank. Yeah. City of City works. It's got a lot of cute, funny stunt work in it. We get to see the star Skognowski. The girls absolutely nail Rhonda to the wall. And, you know, it's ultimately awesome. Ultimately awesome. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, actually, okay. Now that you've reminded me of these things, I will put it at a seven and a half. I'll put it at 7.5. I'll, I'll give it an extra, extra boost. Because, yeah, it's it's an episode I would happily rewatch again. You know? It's it's one yeah. of those, like, if this yeah. ep- like if we had to do a watch along where it's all the movie set ones, where it's like, you yeah. know, about movie business and show business, I would yeah. totally happily put this on yeah. there. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. It is definitely a good one. Yeah, it's worth watching. It's a good one. Yeah. And uh, you okay. can al- you can also compare this with uh, when dinosaurs ruled the earth or the Tro- the Troy McClure movie. Uh, sorry, yes. Doug Doug McClure movie. Uh, <laughs> the land that time forgot. Yeah, just think about the land that time forgot. That's a good. That's I was a- literally just thinking about that movie. Yeah, that's a fun okay. movie. Anyway, it is. So okay, yes. so does that uh, wrap us uh, that wraps us up for today. It does indeed. It does all indeed. Right. Well, uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for night after night. And here is Howard Cosell telling you that if you would like to know more about this podcast, then you can find us on Twitter at night after night PC uh, there or at night after night pod on Facebook, Tumblr, WordPress, Patreon, YouTube. 
And uh, make sure to check the YouTube channel. We have top five videos. We do compilations every once in a blue moon. And we do our best to give you a good show. And we really hope that you will be there for our next podcast, which Lisa is going to tell us what's coming up. The girls have a little bit of money problems as Shirley's found a job, but Laverne's struggling to find it, and she's not being the neatest or most conscientious of roommates. So when Edna and Frank's grand opening is announced, Laverne agrees to help him in an act for the, for the grand opening celebration. But unfortunately, a broken arm and Shirley's vengeance may lead to some really, 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 really violent outcomes here this is grand opening well here's hoping you can join us for the grand opening of this podcast coming soon to your places where podcasts may be listened to thank you very much remember kids wonga 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 is life wonga is love all right that's good that's a cut that's all right everybody go to lunch